The scripture this morning is found in the call to worship. I would simply add one verse to it. Uh, This is Zephaniah, the third chapter, verse 19. And I will gather the exiles and bring them home and give them honor and praise in every land where they were put to shame. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. This past week, I was at Trinity Library on Thursday, as usual, working on uh, the sermon, and I noticed the library was more crowded than normal because final exams had come for Trinity. And while I watched the students, I was getting flashbacks of my own academic career. First, I went back all the way to fourth grade, where I lived in great fear because every Friday was desk check Friday. And the teacher would come and look and see how neat uh, the inside of our desk was. If you've ever been to my office, you know how that worked out for me. Not very well. And I remember the embarrassment of that moment. And then I remember being um, uh, in high school and I was president of the student council. And the assistant principal, when I was in the breezeway, came up and in front of everyone uh, told me, uh, what a bad example I was heading, uh, setting for the rest of the students in the school because of my long hair. <laughs> Obviously, that wasn't the whole story of my academic career or my hair. And then I remember uh, in graduate school where I was fortunate enough to get a, a full academic scholarship, but to keep it, you had to stay in the top ten of the class. And I wrote a paper that one uh, professor deemed not uh, a very wonderful paper and didn't receive a wonderful grade. And the the school called me within 48 hours, urgently giving me the message that I lost my scholarship and I would need to find uh, some money somewhere in the next three months before the fall semester began. I remember with every one of those incidents, uh, a feeling of embarrassment, maybe humiliation, perhaps bordering on shame. And when I word, use the word shame, I use, use it the way Brene Brown uses it, which is to say guilt is that sense of we made a mistake and we acknowledge that we've made a mistake. But make enough of them and you start to feel badly about yourself and you go from guilt, which says I make a mistake, to shame, which indicates I am a mistake. I'm not worthy. I'm not valuable. Uh, I'm not good enough. And you can, you can begin to feel that when enough things start to stack together. And I tell you this because that's how the people of Judah and Jerusalem felt in Zephaniah's day. They had made some big mistakes. They hadn't had a bad day at school. They'd had a bad century. They had continued to um, uh, go against God's word. So God let uh, opposition come and other countries surround them and eventually the Babylonians would overthrow them. So not only did they have the shame of all their sins, then because they were captives or oppressed by other people, they couldn't even keep the festivals. In other words, they were not only sinning, they couldn't even get to church to repent. And the feeling was shame. And into that shame, God speaks a word because shame is never God's a word from God. Shame comes from other people. It comes from other nations. Sometimes it comes from within ourselves, but it never comes from God because shame is a powerful, powerful negative feeling. I'm reminded of the story of, uh, by Christian author Frederick Buechner who talks about his dad. His dad, well-educated, had a good job up until the Depression, and then he went, wasn't able to have a job uh, as befit his education and his past experience and that would keep his family in the comfort that he wanted to keep them in. And he began to feel worse and worse about himself until one day at the end of the decade of the 30s, he went into the garage, closed the garage door, got into the car, turned on the the ignition 
and he died of asphyxiation. When he was asked about his father's death, Frederick Beatner would tell people, my father, he died of heart trouble. And in a way, he said, I was telling the truth because my dad had a broken heart. He had had one setback after another that led him to feel shame about himself. And as if to confirm this for Frederick, one day he was looking through his father's library after his father's death. And he came across his father's new, fairly new copy of Margaret Mitchell's Gone with the Wind. And at the back of Gone with the Wind, in a, on a piece of paper which he had used as a bookmark, uh, Frederick Minkner's father had written a note to himself. And this is what the note said. I am no damn good. It was not surprising then that that shame led him to a bad place. Know that shame is never from God. It is never God's first nor last word on any situation. In fact, God wants the people of of Judah and Jerusalem to know that the last word is not shame. The last word is joy. God looks at them, looks at their sin. And just like those moments in my academic career, God knows that they are snapshots. They're still frames. They're not the whole picture. The current sin of the people of Judah and Jerusalem is not the end of the story. Our current despair we may feel, our current unworthiness may be a still frame, but we need to look at it in terms of a much larger story and a much larger life. And God says this larger life will be about joy. This larger life will be about redemption. And this larger life will be about forgiveness. God said you may be alienated, but I am going to bring you home. I love what one of the wonderful old saints of the church said, that sometimes we get fixated on our mistakes and our sins, and we think of them as much bigger than they are. He said, all the sins of the world are like a hot burning coal, but they're like a hot burning coal put into the ocean. The bigger story is God's plan. The bigger story is God's love. It is not our current moment of frustration or disappointment or shame. I don't know if you've ever had this problem with TV, but sometimes you're watching TV on a cable or satellite and it freezes. Now, what happens when it freezes in our house, the first thing we do is complain to each other. Then after that, we decide we'll do something about it. We might turn the TV off and on or try to change the channel or plug or unplug the cable box. Anything to try to get the picture moving again. And God looks at the people of Judah and Jerusalem and sees the still frame of their world and God's saying this isn't the whole picture and if you want this picture to get moving again God gives them one piece of advice rejoice and then he tells them sing have you ever wondered why people seem generally happier at Christmas it's because for a few moments their eyes are taken off the still frame of their life and they're given access to a much larger picture a much better movie And we access that today as in every day by singing.